got man, we still got more places coming in. We've got people in Poland, Baltimore City. What up, Lucas? Uh, yeah, Poland, that's my ancestral ho homeland. That's where my grandfather is from. Um, yeah, that's why I've got uh, this fine, noble forehead. This is Polish, this is a Polish forehead. And uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, big up you guys. Now, yesterday, we released the Naval album. And uh, that was crazy, right? I don't know if you were there, but we had the uh, premiere on YouTube. And Naval joined us live, and he hung out in the chat for the whole thing. Uh, thank you, Insight of the Ages. Says that beard is getting epic, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, Alex Condal says, bro, you helped me with my workout so much. The discipline equals freedom is amazing. Thank you so much. Well, proud of you. Proud of you. Get after it. Um, yeah, so Naval album came out yesterday. Naval joined us in the chat. And he hung out for the whole duration of the album, which is an hour and 27 minutes, answering everybody's questions, like really high-level questions. <laughs> like major gems like he was just dropping gems like a butterfingered watchmaker all over the chat and that was a beautiful thing so uh yeah shouts out to navar what a what a g i'm really happy with how the album came out it was like came out just like i wanted it to um yeah shouts out to uh the crew that worked with me on that uh two more v's played a lot of instrumentation on it nailed it um uh neocron is that your name now chris no, no, he did some dose about it. My homie Blair from uh, she waitresses at no vacancy. She came through and sang some dope backing vocals. The whole thing felt like another level up. And you know we're uh, we started the uh, this new extreme version of the hyper productivity experiment in January, right? January first, and because uh, we were already doing one, and then we like leveled it up a gear. So this new hyper productivity experiment started in January and I had a look and we've released 11 albums this year. Seven of those have been vocal albums. Now that friends is more than most artists do in their whole careers. And we have done that uh, just this year. So that's crazy. And the Naval album, it came out yesterday. We had that great premiere. It felt very buzzy, it felt very joyful. You know, Naval's in there. Someone asked me, they're like, could you imagine when you started this that the person you were sampling would be like there at the premiere and, you know, and I was like, yeah, but yeah, because, you know, I always had a vision, but it's, it's so amazing to see it all unfolding. And uh, yeah, so that happened and that was great. And then I had a really like interest, a couple of interesting meetings and went, went to the studio and met up with a dude who wants to do a documentary about Meaning Wave and that was, that came out cool. And uh, then I sat down at my desk and I opened a logic, I opened a project and uh, I just hit two pads on my drum machine, just like, and the sound that came out was incredible. And I did it again. And I literally had like most of a whole new song. It was the weirdest thing. Like what had happened by, by some kind of accident was like, all these sounds I've been working on and developing had grouped together under in, in a, like a large group. So when I pressed the drum pads, that triggered the whole group. And all of the sounds that were in that group, and it turned out I think it was like 16 sounds per pad, were somehow completely synchronistically in perfect tune with each other. And then what came next? So I literally made a song yesterday in about three seconds. And uh, I, I get hit with all this clarity and, and energy, I had loads of energy, like loads more energy. 
I thought this is very strange. And then I remembered that I was doing this hyper-productivity experiment and I had a look. I was like, well, we've released this many records and we've done this. I was like, I wonder how many days it's been. And I looked at the calendar and it had been 200 days. Exactly 200 days. So yesterday, release of the Naval album was 200 days into the hyper-productivity experiment. And it was a very palpable level up. So, yeah, it's, it's going very well, basically. And uh, shouts out to Kenneth Vo. Thank you for the super chat. Says, thanks for publishing your work for free online. Well, thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, the purpose of the work is to, uh, you know, help us all to become the superheroes, the superhumans that we can be, that we have the potential of being. Because we need to be, because we've got some big problems coming our way. And the only way we surpass them is if we level up to our superhero selves. So that's what we're doing. We're engaging in creating superhero selves. Uh, Shouts out to Jake Ruddle. Thank you for the super chat. He says, would you turn classic books into albums? And uh, yo, uh, I did actually, I've done a few of these things. I did, if you haven't checked it out, check Harrison Bergeron EP. Uh, that's on YouTube. It's also on my Spotify and everything. And I took a Kurt Vonnegut short story and turned that into a wave. And it was dope. And I definitely want to do more of those in the future. So yeah, it's the thing with this, it's a bit like Naval said, it's the, the potential is so vast. There are so many things to do uh, that, yeah, I've got my work cut out, getting it done and getting it done in the right order. Because the order is important because each thing builds upon the last so the, the, first fa- the first phase of Meaning Wave was laying out essentially foundational texts. Uh, because, you know, you, if you don't have the foundations uh, on which to build, then there is no, you know, the thing, the, the structure is unstable and will collapse. So we were laying out these foundational texts and we were building the Naval fingers. If I just hit people up with the Naval thing like straight away, like most people would have rejected it. They'd be like, oh, what, money, you crazy, blah, 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 blah. You know, um, even still a few people were like that. But, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of us now realize that, you know, uh, us all becoming wealthy is necessary so that we're not wasting our time scrubbing around on basic human survival crap. All right, we've been doing that for thousands of years and we don't need to. One thing that Naval uh, elocutes very well, because there's still a, there's still pushback, and it's like you can't. Not everybody can be wealthy. That's that's not true. It's like only ever going to be a few. And the answer to that is well, look at most people now compared to the few a hundred years ago, and you'll see that actually you can generate wealth for vast amounts of people. Like I would rather be uh, a poor person today than uh, a king a hundred years ago, to whatever, you know. So we can. And that's what, that's, what, that's what we need to do. We need to get everybody to the point where everybody isn't str- struggling for basic stuff so that we can all unleash our potential and solve the bigger problems and uh, deal with the bigger things and get our asses into space, man, and get out there and uh, explore and have that Picard life, you know? That's what we're up to. Uh, Alex O'Condor says, you and Jocko Willick in a podcast together would be the best thing ever. I, uh, yeah, it's going to be dope. I agree. It's going to be sick. Uh, Jake says love your stuff by the way thank you very much two more V's says I love synchronicities like that yo man that's what it's all about man synchronicities are signposts you know and um, yeah Uh, Alex O'Connell so much love for you bro so much love for you bro so much love for all of you bad motherfuckers 
What is up? Uh, Sam says, it's amazing that Naval attended. It really is, isn't it? Isn't that a wonderful thing? And he said such lovely things. He was so nice. Like that album couldn't have come out better. It came out sounding just how I wanted it to. And then I sent it to him and he loved it. He loved it. He, he said it was a work of genius. Uh, he said, you know, he's fully behind it. And that you couldn't ask for a better response. You couldn't. So shout out to everybody. Thank you guys. Now uh, let's start answering some questions. We've had a bunch of questions submitted in advance. Um, thank you, Raymond Eastman, for the super chat. It says Naval album is superb. Superb. Thank you very much, brother. Yeah, so some questions have been submitted in advance. So I'm going to read those. If you have any questions you want to want specifically answered now, drop them in a super chat so I see them because the, the chat scrolls speedily. Uh, so Paul Beck, and this is a great first question, and thank you to... Uh, uh, well, everybody for submitting questions and uh, being so patient while I haven't been answering them. The Ask Akira channel in the Discord has been very patient. There's been many questions in there. So thank you very much. Thank you, Sir Peppers, for collect collecting them all together, you bad man. So Paul Beck, he says, how do you stay in the flow and push yourself to stay hyper-productive? Thank you for creating great content. Well, thank you for your question. Now, the short answer to that is... How do you stay in the flow and push yourself to stay hyperproductive? You stay in the flow and you push yourself to be hyperproductive. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I'm going to do a broadcast about this. I think maybe we'll do this next week and we'll really break it down. I just dropped a tweet storm last night before I went to bed that broke down a bunch of this stuff. Then I woke up and it's it's uh, got hundreds of retweets and it's and loads and loads of questions. So it's definitely a thing that people are interested in. But I will say with regards to this, uh, the way you stay in the flow is you stay in the flow. And the way you stay in the flow is you treat life like a video game. That's one way you can do it, right? Now I've been playing Red Dead Online and Red Dead Online has this thing with daily tasks and you have a streak, right? And, uh, and it'll have like seven tasks and to keep your streak going, you just have to do one task. And you do that and it multiplies your, the bonus you get for completing those tasks. And once you've done, say, 20 days in a row, you get a two times bonus. And then with 30 days in a row, you get a four times bonus. And flow is just like that. Like, if you check in, if you check in every day, it keeps it, keeps it going, right? And it, the longer you do, as I was saying earlier, you know, we hit 200 days yesterday. I didn't know it was 200 days. And there was a palpable level up. There was like a palpable level up yesterday. Things became clearer, had more energy. Uh, the, the music was instantly a level better. It was, it was ridiculous. So my observation on this, and this is purely uh, my observation from me doing it myself. I am the, the, the case study in the science experiment that I am conducting. And what I've noticed is it is just like a video game. It's like you log in, you check in, you do something. Even if it's a small thing, you just got to keep going. From my experience from previously, when I would go in and out of flow, it would be when I wouldn't check in, when I wouldn't do something, when I would go off and do something else or whatever. Uh, and like, there's lots of things involved in my hyperproductivity flow experiment. So it's not just making music, it's things to do with the making music and it's the, the videos and it's the concepts and all that sort of thing. It's interacting with you guys and stuff of that nature. Um, but you just gotta check in. You gotta check in and do something every day you got to check in and do something every day. Uh, so that's part one of that question. 
And uh, how do you stay in the flow? You basically check in every day and then you stay in flow. Uh, and as far as pushing yourself to stay hyper productive, again, you know, you could treat it like a kind of like the video game thing. It's like if you, uh, if you lose your streak, well, that sucks, doesn't it? You know, all that wasted effort and so on and so forth. And, uh, but it really does help. I always say this, meaning is the motivation. Uh, by way, and it's like, you know, David Goggins says, motivation is crap. If you need motivation, you know, then uh, maybe you're not doing the right thing, you know? Uh, meaning, if you've got meaning baked into what you're doing, then motivation is unnecessary. So uh, you don't really need to push yourself. Now you do, you know, you've got to push through. It's like uh, Joe Rogan says about going to the gym. He doesn't want to go to the gym every day, but he does it, right? He does it. It's like, yeah, sometimes I just want to fuck off and stay on the roof. You know, I've got a roof now. Sometimes I just want to fuck off and lie on the roof in the sun. But no, I get my ass into the studio and I fucking do this stuff. All right. And uh, you just got to be disciplined, man. You got to exercise self-discipline. And the good thing about exercising self-discipline is the more you do it, the, the more you can do it. It's like a muscle. If you don't use it, it atrophies. But if you do use it, then, you know, it keeps fucking pumping. So, yeah. Uh, Shouts out to uh, Jesper. Zachrison says, do you have a specific morning routine? Uh, no, I don't. Thank you for the super chat. I mean, my morning routine is, uh, uh, you know, I, I get up. <laughs> and uh, and uh, what does my wife say? She says, the bull is charging. Because uh, I get up and go, right, boom. And I fucking, I get after it. I jump in the shower. I brush my teeth while I'm in the shower because I multitask. And uh, I hop on my electric scooter and I ride. Man, pium. So I don't really have much of a morning routine and it's something I'm looking forward to doing. But currently, because I DJ a couple nights a week and then stuff of that nature, it's like, it actually makes having a kind of routine that I would like harder. And I'm very much aware that pretty much all the successful people I've studied, about 90 something percent of them have morning routines. So I'm, I'm, I'm aware that morning routines are important, but I, I don't have a particular one. I mean, I, I, I get up, I shower, I have a, either a cold or a contrast shower. Contrast is where you go from super hot to super cold. I've been doing that every day for like four years, uh, three years. I have a coffee. I've uh, recently switched to uh, oat milk. As you know, I have, I'm on the carnivore diet, but uh, I just, there was one thing that was kind of holding me back physically and I finally worked out it was the milk in my, in my cappuccinos. So I've, I've cut that out and switched it to oat milk and now I don't have any issues with anything. So. Life is sweet. Um, yeah. Luke Mawson. Big up Luke Mawson. He says, love your work. I now only listen to your work and classical music. Who was the first self-help author slash speaker you ever experienced? That's an interesting question. Thank you. For, thank you, by the way. Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know who the first self-help author slash speaker I ever experienced was. I don't know. But I've got to tell you, actually, like one thing I read that maybe was the first book of that nature I read was Mike Cernovich's Gorilla Mindset. Um, and I'd never read anything on mindset or any, anything like that before. And that was, had a very profound effect on me. It introduced me to concepts like self-talk, which is like the internal dialogue you have with yourself, which, if unchecked, is often extremely negative. Um, and I wasn't aware of that. And uh, stuff like monitoring your posture, stuff like walking properly, like heels hitting the floor and stuff like that. So yeah, big up, big up that guy and uh, big up that book. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I was very late to that particular party. I was very late to that particular party. I was very distrustful 
of self-help and uh, motivational speakers and that sort of thing. I thought of them all like a bit like Tom Cruise in um, in Magnolia. I thought they were all charlatans. You know, I thought the concept itself was. Yeah, I just didn't trust it. So yeah, um, but yeah, big up Luke Mawson and uh, listening to Meaning Wave and classical music. I think is I think that's gonna do do good for you. That's gonna do good for you. Um, Raymond Eastman says everyone should read Psycho Cybernetics. So yeah, there you go. Uh, generic screen name. How did you make your music profitable? This is another question that could be a whole podcast. That's a whole book. What I would say is in the modern digital economy, it is about multiple micro streams. So you want to have a whole bunch of things going on. And it's a bit like what Warren Buffett says. Warren Buffett says that you should have seven income streams at any one time. And uh, that safeguards you against you know, one of them fucking up. Say you've just got a job and you work for someone else. If you get sacked, you're screwed. You know what I mean? But then if you work for yourself, like if you lose a client, if you're just relying on one big client, you can get screwed. If you're uh, working for yourself and you're producing content somehow, and uh, one of those chats, you know, I've seen this happen quite a lot lately. You know, if you put, you're doing everything on Facebook, then Facebook changes its algorithm, you're screwed. Uh, you know, if you're putting everything into YouTube and you get kicked off YouTube, because uh, suddenly the ideology finds you to be a villain this week, you're screwed. So you need to be, you know, uh, your, your proverbial eggs need to be in many, many baskets. And uh, so, you know, I, what we do is people can buy the music, people can donate. We get paid for streaming on dozens of different platforms, small amounts each, but it all adds up, you know, naught point, what is it, naught point zero zero four cents per stream on Spotify. But after a while, that all starts to add up, you know. Um, yeah, so there's like many, many, many places selling merch, selling t-shirts, things of that nature, um, like super chats and things of that. Everything all adds up. So you've just got to be doing lots and lots of things at as high a level as possible. And most importantly, just as Gary Vee talks about a lot, but it's really true, like adding value is like, are you adding value? Is what you're doing, you, and the way I think of it is useful. I try, before I do anything these days, I think, well, is this useful? And if it's not useful, I, I don't do it. I think, I think that before I tweet, I think that before I post on any kind of social media, I think that before any kind of activity, like, you know, is this song gonna be useful in some way? Whatever small way it is, maybe it's a little spark of inspiration or whatever it is, but like, is it useful? And if you're doing stuff that's useful and people find valuable, then they're eventually it's going to reward you, I believe, this to be the case. Particularly now that, you know, the Naval album is important for this. There's certain things that you need to fix before you're ever going to be able to make any money. Because if you believe inherently that money is evil, for example, and that, uh, that moral wealth creation is impossible, then it will elude you. You will never happen. You know, so there's... A, but yeah. Uh, Mikao Kirkman. What up, you bad man? Thank you for the super chat. It says, what's your favorite food? <laughs> that's, that's easy. And uh, the answer is steak. Steak. And luckily, uh, steak is my favorite food. And luckily, the diet I am on, this carnival diet, which I've been on since last February, which is when the original hyperproductivity 
experiment began as well. Yeah, that means I just eat steak, basically. And uh, yeah, I'm thriving. So that's good. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> Synapsian says, Akira, do you eat sardines or mackerel? Um, I'm going to, is the answer to that. We were literally discussing that this week. Discussing adding sardines to the diet as like a, maybe breakfast. Currently, I'm like, I don't have breakfast. I don't tend to eat till about like three or four o'clock usually. Um, which apparently now is called intermittent fasting. What was once known as skipping breakfast is now intermittent fasting, so that's useful. Uh, all right, let's ask some more questions. Connection Lost says, what is best in life? Well, what is best in life is meaning, actually. That's what's best in life. And uh, everything else that's good is a kind of side effect of that. Happiness is a side effect of meaning. That's something I realized recently. I think I realized that I came to that epiphany during uh, the, the stream, the initial preview stream of the Goggins album. And Ransay Truman says medium rare and he's right. Verti. Sorry, multiverse media space. Do you plan to integrate more people who are not already well known into your music? I hope so. To me, the multiple perspectives of meaning being incorporated are the lifeblood swooshing back into the body of music. Yes. And the answer to that is yes. The answer, the short answer to that is yes. Um, recent examples of that, we had a single with Reva Tez recently. She's not very well known to most people, but uh, I believe she has things of great use to contribute to the discussion. Um, Rupert Spira, for example, was unknown to most people. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely more of that. And it's a case, you know, it's a case of striking a balance between things that people want and are really asking for, things that people do not yet know that they need, and uh, yeah, keeping that going. Uh, Verti says, have you considered doing mashups of people discussing the same subjects in a single song? If so, who would the matchup? Yeah, again, the answer, the answer to that is yes. And I do believe I did start that. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, the first one of those, is it might be the first, is on the Naval album, in which we have Naval joined by Elon Musk discussing rational optimism and the power of rational optimism. So yeah, and as we delve deeper into this, what I've been doing is, uh, is uh, basically a lot of the speakers, I get them talking about the same thing, but from different angles. And when you listen to it at first, you might not necessarily know they're talking about the same thing. And then kind of it makes a bit more sense as you zoom out. And what that's leading towards is records where we have them brought together, which I think of as the DJ Khaled records. DJ Khaled would always do these massive summer anthems. He's been doing it every year for a decade. He's a, an example of a guy who's hyperproductive and has been in flow for a decade. He's still, you know, he doesn't miss. He, he cranks out hits and he has been doing it for a decade. And it's because he stays working. And uh, what he does is he brings together vast people on songs with a similar theme. So yeah, this is something you can look forward to. Uh, oh, hello, Hercules. Do you want to come say hi? Yes. Here comes Hercules. Here comes Hercules. And, hello. Uh, yeah. It's not showing me. Oh, it's not showing you. That's because it's a little bit in the past or the future or one of these things. What? So there's the chat room. Oh. oh no, it's not. That's a dead chat room. That's oh, we can't there. see ourselves. They just see us. Here they go. Here they go. 
don't know. Where's it gone? I've just lost the... Here it is. Here it is. Uh, everyone say hi to Hercules. Dad, I want to send an emoji. What's that? I want to send an Look, emoji. Look, there's the camera. You want to say hi to the camera there? Hi. So what have you been up to, Hercules? Um, I'm playing with my friend in Minecraft right now. Uh-huh. Um, wait, Dad. Where do I send the emojis? What's that? No, we're not sending emojis right now. Just tell people what you've been up to. Okay, I'm off. You're off. Yep. Alright. See you later, buddy. <laughs> Hercules says he's suddenly shy. He's falling down the stairs. We got stairs now. How about that? We got stairs. What a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, where were we? Let's answer some more of these questions. Um, boom, 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 boom. Where's my questions? Uh, hey, Hercules, lots of people are saying hi now. Derna1804 says he predicts in 20 years you'll, he or she, predicts in 20 years you'll still refuse to wear a shirt. I think this is right. Hercules is usually is deeply unhappy about being made to make clothes. He doesn't, he doesn't understand why we should at all. Uh, anyway. Uh, Ricard Mack says, Asa Akira is back. Shoot, because we've got to get the Asa Akira joke in every week. Uh, Asa Akira follows me on Twitter, by the way. Um, so maybe I'll get her on one of these one day and that will just really crash everything. Um, Joshua Tran, what up, buddy? Says, if you could make a wave of one guy who died before their voice could be recorded, who would you pick? Well, I would pick Jesus. Joshua Tran, I would pick Jesus. I think Jesus wave would be pretty spectacular, don't you? Imagine Jesus wave. Uh, that would be great. So yeah, I, w I would do that. Um, Ali, Ali, Ali Ostra, how do you deal with artistic self-sabotage? Well, I just don't do it. That's how. I used to. I did used to do it, and now I don't. And the reason I don't now is because I've got a very, one, I've got a very clear purpose. I've got meaning as the motivation. Two, uh, I've removed the, uh, the sort of negative subconscious things that I had from my youth and from childhood and from the programming of society. I now no longer believe I'm undeserving. I now no longer believe that money is evil and things like that. So those things I've removed so now I don't self-sabotage. Now I, I just do the work and, and it gets better and better and better and better and more powerful and more useful. So that's how I remove that. You ha if you have any of that stuff going on, it means you've got some stuff in yourself that you need to fix. Um, it means you've got some voices that aren't your own that are in there saying nasty things. That's why monitoring self-talk is really useful because once you start paying attention to the voices in your head, you can start spotting the, the, use the unuseful ones. And you go, holy shit, look at that mean little voice. I've been listening to that mean little voice and it's not even mine. It's like a weird caricature of something from school or, you know what I mean? So yeah, fix those and then, and then you'll be cool. Um, bam, 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 bam. Dude, do a Christ wave with all the actors who've betrayed him. It'll be a blast. It's not him though, is it, man? It's not pure. Uh, Al, Al Josta. I did, sorry, I did that. Fat says, what piece of music were you most satisfied slash proud of when you completed it? Uh, the Naval album. Honestly, each thing is getting better and better and better and closer and closer and closer to my initial vision. And that's really, really exciting and gratifying. So yeah, honestly, it's that. 
Uh, I'm really, really proud of this record. I'm really pleased with how it came out. And uh, yeah, so there. Um, do, 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 do. These are, man, so many questions. So many questions to get through here. Two more Vs, you bad man. Two more, shout out to two more Vs. Uh, two more Vs is a great example of, um, well, of all sorts of good attitudes to life. Uh, two more Vs has been playing instruments on my various recordings all year. And it's because I put a message in the Discord saying, could anyone play guitar on this track? And he just jumped in. And then he's like, he's constantly messaging me like, oh, do you want me to do something? Do you want me to play on something? Da, 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 da. And I always do. So yeah, and he's very good. He's very, very good. So yeah, and he, he says, what are your thoughts on the Navy installing a reporting office for UFO encounters experienced by the pilots and so on? Uh, the guy who started this, Tom Delange, used to sing about sex with dogs. Now he's involved with national security stuff. If this isn't the novelty increase that Terence McKenna was talking about, I don't know what would be. Right, exactly. You know, there's so much that's going on now that, well, one thing is that, you know, just because you were, uh, and everybody knows this now, just because you were one thing at one point in your life doesn't mean you can't be another thing at another point in your life. And uh, there are so many things that, going, that are happening now that show us this on a vast level. Donald Trump's presidency, Kanye West reinventing himself as all these different kinds of, A, different musical styles, as, as a fashion icon, a creator, all these various things. Um, Elon Musk, you know, he's, he, he's the software person, and then he's making spaceships, then he's, make, he's, he's trying to merge artificial intelligence with the brain. That's what everything was a scam was about. A lot of people didn't understand it. Not a lot, some people didn't understand it. Uh, you know, if there's an area that you want to have influence in, and you don't necessarily have experience in it, if you have a great desire and a passion to learn and to, to get involved, then you can, and you can affect the world. You can affect whatever discipline you want to infect, affect, infect, whatever it is, you can. All you need is the desire and the, and the will, uh, and you got to, you know, and the, the tenacity and, and an ability to learn. An ability to learn is really important, and uh, that's part of what the Naval record was about. And uh, that's why reading is important, and that's why developing a love for reading is important. Hyper-productivity with uh, principles within reading will enable you to become uh, proficient in anything to a level that you can engage in it and really influence it. So that's just, an, that's just part of what's going on in the world right now. And it's a necessary thing. Here's the thing. Um, the steam theory thing we've spoken about a bit, but this... Tech, the, the advancing rate of technology means that where technology will be at when Hercules is a young adult will be sort of equidistance to the growth of technology from the beginning of time to right now. That's how much technology is going to change. So it's going to change faster than any one person with one discipline could keep up with. So we're going to need people who can A, interface with multiple uh, skill sets and multiple disciplines. We're going to need people who are able to essentially riff with each other in, in the manner that musicians might across the full spectrum of disciplines in order for us to be able to keep up with these advances and, and ride the wave of these advances to glory and our destiny is very important. So part of that involves 
the, the very necessary uh, dissolving of boundaries, be they genre boundaries within music or boundaries between disciplines, boundaries between the philosopher and the doctor and the warrior and the scientist and, and the meme maker and all these people. And uh, that's what's going on now, and that's and it's very, very necessary. And it looks like catastrophe to some people. To some people, it looks like a disaster. Oh, these institutions are crumbling. Sense-making is collapsing. Oh, my God. It's actually a good thing. It's actually a necessary thing. It's so that we can all begin to work together more fluidly. And, uh, yeah, like I said, ride these waves. Ride these waves of crazed technological and uh, spiritual advancement to destiny and our potential. So yeah, hope that helped answer that question. Um, just checking in on Super Chats, do I have to answer anything? No, we're good there. Okay, let's go back to the questions because we have so many questions to get through. So many questions. Shout out to everybody looked in. Um, yeah, if you want to suggest waves, leave those in the Discord. I do check it. I do check it. Uh, I do look go there for inspiration. Um, a number of things that I've made have been from suggestions in there. So drop things in there and don't think they're not being paid attention to because they are. Because they are. Um, okay. Dan says, I noticed that you read through and reply to the comments in just about every release, which we all respect you for greatly for doing. Oh, hey, thanks, man. I do try, yeah. So every time I drop something, every, actually every day, on my way to the studio, uh, I spend about 20 minutes uh, going through comments on YouTube and various places and replying to as many as I can. Um, and I read them all. So I really appreciate that. It really, you know, you, you taking time out of your life to just like drop a like or a comment and particularly write something, that's, that's like a big thing to do. I very rarely write things on people's videos. So I know it's, I only do that if I care. Even if it's negative, um, you know, you're only going to leave a comment if, it's, if you're affected in some way, I would have thought. Anyway, uh, Devin continues, how often do you incorporate your fan-based opinions into your music and style? When you receive a negative comment on release for whatever reason, how do you handle it? Did you hear that? I hadn't read that question yet, and I'd already answered it in the previous sentence. There's a, that's crazy. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Fan-based stuff, I, I, I incorporate, like I said, you know, people's suggestions they leave in the Discord and stuff. I look at those. Some of you have really good ideas. Um, it's something Gary Vee talks about a bunch. It's like, you know, it's absolutely foolish to not read the comments. It's, it's like if you're DJing, right? And you're not paying attention to how the audience is responding to the music you're playing. You know what I mean? If you play a song and like chicks all leave the dance floor, and you carry on playing the same sort of music, that's idiotic. Like, what are you doing? What is your job? What's the purpose of you being there? You're not just there to please yourself. You're not, you're not in a vacuum, you know? And it's the same with all of this. So like you guys' thoughts and stuff is, you know, I, I do pay attention to that. Now I'm not gonna, again, at the same time, you don't wanna like just do what that says because it's gotta be a balance of giving the people what they want and what they don't yet know that they want. And that's what you're there for. You know, was it Henry Ford who said if he'd given the people what they wanted, he wouldn't have invented the car. It would have just been a faster cart or something, you know? So there's a balance. But I definitely, you know, I get, I get some great ideas from you guys. I get great inspiration from you guys. And also, similarly, with negative stuff, uh, sometimes people are right. 
not always and so it's this balance of being able to kind of like you know not be affected you kind of got to be not affected in both directions you can't be letting uh getting all gassed up and thinking you're a genius um and at the same time not getting all upset and thinking you're awful but at the same time you know um integrating the feedback in a useful way so yeah it's quite a complex thing but um again it's a thing that i've been doing intuitively and as part of the hyper productivity experiment doing it every day doing it in kind of the same fashion doing it speedily um allowing kind of thoughts and feelings to come in and then pass away if they're un if they're not useful that's a good thing as well is being able to sort of detach a bit remind yourself that, that the mind is a tool you know that you that you're in control of that and that things that come into the mind aren't necessarily you or and you can let them go or you can bat them away if you you know uh yeah um what have we got here more questions that were submitted uh teresa the kid says is that your view what is what my view teresa the kid oh this is my view is that what you mean is is the uh the view that's my view uh aunt visual says will you ever set up a meaning meaning meetup in la well, there actually is a meaning meetup in la weirdly um which is because i dj at no vacancy every saturday and meaning wave people have started coming down now quite regularly so if you ever come down to meaning wave on a, sorry come down to no vacancy on a saturday uh you'll find meaning wave fans you always will so that's a beautiful thing um but on top of that we're in the process of planning the first meaning wave event and that's all i'll say about that now but yeah you so look forward to that look forward to that I do. I am. I'm very excited. Uh, Cassian, Cassian says, when you're feeling like shit, how do you bring yourself into a more productive mindset? Well, that's the time. That's when it's all of this stuff is the most necessary. It doesn't matter if you're feeling like shit. You know, the work has still got to be done. The, the meaning is still the same. The purpose is still the same. Uh, the necessity is still the same. And uh, it doesn't make any... And here's one thing that will stop you feeling like shit is you continuing to fulfill those things. If you have a purpose, if you have meaning, if you have something that you're doing that's useful and you're doing it for a reason, you doing that thing will, will stop you feeling like shit pretty quick. So yeah, that's what I would say to that. Uh, hi, wife. Hey. Wife just returned home. What up, wife? Uh, Giraffe Tamer says, are you gonna go on Joe Rogan's podcast? Yeah, of course, when he invites me, yeah, I would love to. Uh, Kaiser Soze says this has appeared in my feed multiple times i've read this multiple times as asa akira is back yeah because we this reference we have to have every uh week and i appreciate that i appreciate that um what up vanessa flores in the chat what up rance trimmer what up daniel wilkie what up sam with the Wirral? what up everybody logged in um yeah i think we've got another we've got another 10 minutes we've got another 10 minutes so if you have any questions out there that you want answered leave them as super chats so i see them i will try and get through and i'm going to get through the rest of these previously submitted questions i'm actually going to do it deltron how much do you really like anime i really really like anime and i'll tell you how much i really really like anime uh oftentimes the things that we love in later life are things that we loved as children and i loved anime from when i was like eight years old younger actually it was younger. 
I used to watch Ulysses when I was like six or something at my auntie's house you know so yeah I really love anime uh, I was very lucky I grew up in North Wales and uh, in the little town I lived just a tiny little town called Bangor there just so happened to be one of the one of three companies that were legally importing anime uh, to the UK from Japan happened to be based right there. And they had a little comic shop randomly on the way, and it was the way I walked back from school with my homies. And we used to go in there every day and uh, read manga and like chat with the guys about the stuff they were releasing. They had the license for Bubblegum Crisis and USA Yasura. Um, yeah, so I was like deep in that stuff. Fellow weeb, says Calais, exactly. Weeb army, rise up. Let's go. And uh, yeah, you know, you see this guy. That's my guy. Yeah. Uh, Homeo Simpion says, is there such a thing as a good thought slash thought or are they all bad? You know, they all have potential. They all have potential for greatness. All have potential for greatness. And uh, they all have their uses. Here's the thing. You know, you might be like, uh, thought. In the context of DJing, Someone that you might dismiss as a thought is the person who will really get the party going, right? They're, they have boundless energy, they dance crazy, they go in, they're, they're, they're very pure in their, uh, what music they like, you know? Um, they're, they're wonderful, they're wonderful. Um, Internet Crustacean says, what's your only hope in life and death? My only hope in life and death? To live well. And to die well, to live to one's potential and to die in the same manner. Uh, who was it? Seneca? 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 He said uh, it takes a whole lifetime to learn how to live and it takes just as long to learn how to die. Real shit. Realshit.org. Mama Black Widow says, Dear Akira the Don, if I don't exist now, which I'm comfortable with, when will I? Oh, just as I thought. Well, guess what? You exist. I know. You know how you exist because uh, because of that. You now exist. Even if you didn't exist before, you do exist now. So congratulations on your existence, and I'm glad you're here. Very glad you're here. Very very glad you're here. Shouts out to Daniel Wilkie in Scotland. Gang, gang. Uh, where were we? Da, 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 da. Slight bar to faster happy. He changed his name earlier. But anyway, he says, when you're in the flow state and you see all the signposts crystal clear, how do you know which ones to follow and which ones to ignore? Well, you know. <laughs> you know. Because, uh, because you know. When you, if you, the, the whole point of that stuff is it's to aid speed, right? So the idea is, is you're speeding along in your hyper-productivity. Boom, doing this, that work. Do that, that work. Doom, doom, doom. Sometimes you have to think a bit. Sometimes things do require thought. And in my experience, that's when uh, your coincidences will occur, synchronicities will occur. And then they will lead you in the right direction. And again, it's a case of not overthinking. You can't be overthinking. That's when you, you'll fuck up. So uh, you kind of have to go with the initial, with, with the gut as they say, is very, very true. And you have to learn to notice that and you have to learn to calibrate that and pay attention to that and follow that, I'm afraid. And there's no shortcuts, you just have to do it. SZQ, did you have conversation with Goggins? Uh, no, not Goggins personally, but, but with, with uh, people connected to Goggins. Yes. Nostro says, what do you think of VR? Uh, I think VR 
is a, a step along the way. It's just a step along the way. I don't think it's the end destination. I think AR, a kind of AR, um, is, is more likely the, not the destination either, because there is no destination. I think we just keep going. But uh, VR is, you know, something along the way to that. I think an integration with um, what there is and what there could be is more likely than just uh, like a sort of immersion in a whole other world that removes the existing world. Uh, but I could be completely wrong. Uh, Boondoggin says, hey, Akira, I need to know. I've been searching for a song since 2007. Uh... I once had a single from a DJ. It was a remix of Trick Daddy's Nah N-Word from 2005. The B-side was a techno track featuring some clips of Arnold Schwarzenegger from the Predator movie with him saying things like, Kill me, I'm here. Kill me, come on, do it now. Anyway, I need to hear that song again. I just wish I could remember who did the remixes. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I was listening to Trick Daddy at, this, at that time. But I don't remember a Trick Daddy B-side with Arnold Schwarzenegger on it. If anyone does, leave it in the comments. How about that? Maybe someone knows. The Autist Artist says, Given the current state of technology, do you think society will openly welcome or be vocally hesitant in between now and the full immersion between mankind and technology? Do you think the older generations will find it socially acceptable as it begins inundating our lives with new improved forms of technological advancements as well as new scientific fields constructed by the expanding cognitive structures facilitated by these new technologies? Uh, yo, I think that people want less friction. So I think that anything that, that uh, lessens friction, they will happily take and they will happily integrate. If you had suggested to people 10 years ago that they would have little devices in their houses that listen to everything they're doing and, and what have you, you would, they would have said, no, no, I would never do that. But everybody does because it, it lessens friction and it makes it easier for people. Uh, you know, even people who are completely ideologically opposed to what iPhones do still have them. So I think people will, will gladly take any kind of technological advancement so long as it, it, it lessens friction and proves like useful and just makes life easier that's all people want so yeah and, and old people will as well older generations uh, have Alexa older generations have phones older, older generations have all this stuff because it makes their lives easier so yeah I don't think I don't think there'll be much resistance at all uh, Synapsian says, what generation do you identify with? Boomers, Gen X, Millennials or other? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I think I'm technically Gen X as being born in 1980. I'm not sure. I think I am. And I think it's interesting that Gen X seems to sort of react to boomers and go in one direction. And then Millennials seem to react to Gen X and go back in the other direction. And uh, Omega or Gen, Gen Z or whatever they're called have gone in the other generation. So, you know, they seem to, it's like the pendulum swing that we have in all these aspects and they go against each other. So as far as ones I identify with, I identify, I identify to an extent with everybody because I try and be emphatic. Uh, but I certainly identify with the new generation that's emerging. They remind me of, of myself when I was that age. Like it's kind of when I was that age, I felt very alone. I felt I was the only one. No one was like me in the small town I lived and so on and so forth. And, uh, this new generation, they remind me, a large proportion of them remind me of myself. 
and there's loads of them and they're all talking to each other they're all networked so the potential of that I've, I, I'm very fascinated by and very excited by uh, my guy Sir Peppers uh, oh hang on Kalel Kalei says may I use your music as the background for my speed paint video yes of course he says uh, do you have a favourite movie or type of movie I like good movies and um, my revolving top five shall I say the first things that spring to mind movies I love Alien True Romance It's a Wonderful Life those are the first three that popped into my head so that must be true so Peppers dropped himself a question he said other than the commute and the upgrade to your quality of life what influenced you to move to West Hollywood the commute didn't involve in, it was nothing to do with it it's actually a bit longer to get to the studio now but I got an e-scooter so like, that's just joyful uh, upgrade of quality of life, um, bedroom for Hercules, light, this, the thing is full of light, um, just the whole thing was very serendipitous to be honest, my wife willed the whole thing into existence, I came back from DJing and was kind of annoyed that we were all still sharing a room and, um, and she wrote a list of stuff on a piece of paper and then that all manifested within a day or two. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. She literally, yeah. Anyway, it was ridiculous. Um, okay. I will take another question from the chat. I just answered all the questions that were submitted in advance. Thank you very much for those. Thank you very much for all those questions that were submitted in advance. We, I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I like answering questions without reading them in advance. It feels pure. And it kind of, it's interesting. Producer Chris says, have you ever been arrested? It's a very personal question to ask a person. Uh, <laughs> Jade and Hensley, favorite musical genre. We don't, we don't have favorite musical genres now. Like I was talking about earlier, that's part of what the internet destroyed. When I was a kid, some people liked rock music and some people liked hip hop and the twain never did meet. And then uh, I observed, and I was never like that personally. I like bit, the good bits of everything. And then I observed my little brother who kind of grew up with the internet and him and his homies would hang out on ICQ chat listening to Japanese reggae and German death metal and techno and rap and they had no genre boundaries and I thought this is the future of everything. No genre boundaries in everything, in everything. And that's what's happened. Dan Davis, thank you for the super chat, says what's your favorite anime? What are you watching now? That's a good question. Um, you know, my favorite when I was a kid, and the, you know, the stuff you like as your kid tends to translate into later life, uh, with the double, was the double A of Akira and Alita. I loved Akira and Alita. I really loved the Alita uh, live action. I was expecting to hate it, because live actions are usually terrible. Really loved the Alita live action, actually. Uh, but yeah, Alita and Akira when I was a kid. And then um, more recently, Satoshi Kon stuff. Um, as far as a series, I really enjoy Attack on Titan, although I haven't seen the second or the third season. I'm up to date on the manga, but not the anime. Um, but I really enjoyed the first season of that. It was incredible, some of the animation. Like the running up the, the, running up the, the Titan arm stuff was crazed. And uh, uh, Paranoia Agent is, is a masterpiece masterpiece as far as what i'm watching right now i'm not watching anything right now i'm just working and um, my downtime which tends to be a couple of days a week when i get in from djing i uh i play red dead redemption and i hunt and fish 
yeah. But uh, yeah, hit me with suggestions of stuff that's dope right now that I should be watching. Definitely. Um, yeah. Captain Virgil says, what happened to all the old music videos on your old channel? Uh, I deleted them. <laughs> that's what happened to them. Um, apart from the ones that remain, a few of them remain. Because I just wasn't, I don't know, I didn't like them. I didn't like them, so I got rid of them. And do you know what it was? It was like I knew that this new stage of what I was doing was going to bring in loads of new people. And uh, I didn't want them finding stuff that I didn't think was very good. That's the truth. So, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I apologize to people who liked that stuff. But, you know, it's the internet. You can find it somewhere. You can download it from somewhere. There's archives and stuff. If you really And if you really want something, by the way, and you can't find it, send me a message and I'll send it to you. I've got everything backed up on hard drives. So I've done that. Some people hit me up saying that, you know, there were some old mixtapes they were missing and I sent them to them. So if you want anything, I'll send it to you. No problem. No problem. Uh, yeah. All right. One more question. One more question. One more, one more question. One more question. By the way, thank you all for being here. This has been very fun. And uh, I'm glad the, the stream got working eventually. And uh, yeah, so hopefully it'll be smoother going forward. And, you know, we'll just keep working on this whole thing and getting it, getting it smoother. Yes, we will. All right. Um, Derna1804. Have you ever felt... And by the way, I don't know why I've chosen this question. My eye just fell upon it. I haven't even read it. Have, this will be the last question. So there. Have you ever felt motivated to surpass, to surpass what you've done by observing great things done by colleagues? In other words, what role does competition play in creation? Yeah, I'm constantly motivated by the greatness of others. Um, when you say colleagues, I guess that's people I'm working with. And certainly, definitely, definitely, you know, back in the day in uh, London, um, I used to kind of have this almost open studio thing and people would be around like every day and you know people like Big Nasty and uh, like you know great people of that nature would be uh, in the crib and I would be constantly inspired by them and I am constantly inspired by everything around me it's one of the reasons I, I insist on staying in touch with culture you know uh, because there's so much great stuff out there and so many great new ideas being generated and it's inspirational and a lot of it you can incorporate into what you're doing and make what you're doing better and more useful. So yeah, I'm definitely, um, okay. One final question. Luke Morrison just dropped a super chat. Thank you. He says, do you know much about NLP? A Richard Bandler track would be dope. And this is more dope.